I just want to bring this brother in who, um, who loves and respects you. And um, he goes by the name of Unk. Uh, I like to say, uh, I'm the Raw Squad Up and Black African Power to the respected elders on the panel. Um, and Professor Smalls, you know you're my favorite. You know, we get to pick our favorite. Uh, I got Dr. Oya on the phone uh, from the Unraw Squad and Brother Ujau on the phone. Uh, he's a linguist. Um, what I really want to know is what is the process in Africa, right, when the elders that you respect and love have information that has become outdated and just wrong on certain subjects, but the majority of the information is all wise and exact. What is the process when the next generation who had studied subject matter that elders have not because the information wasn't even available to the elders? What is our process for getting that done? Because it's very, very important for the whole world to see how African people handle natural phenomenon as this. And it's called when the older generation meets the younger generation who love and respect them, who stand on their shoulders absolutely and will knock heads off for them, have information that the elders never had a chance to really study. How do we bring that forward without looking disrespectful to our elders? Because I love all y'all, right? And I will defend y'all to the bitter end. What do we do and how do we do that? Because that's what we need to do. Because now the rubber is starting to meet the road, and I really love this. Because now is our chance, right, to understand what will history say about the Amaral squad? What will history say about James Smalls? What will history say about Infidisi and the other elders? What will they say? This is important for us to actually sit down and have a thorough discussion on evolution. Is evolution an African idea? Infidisi, he reads Metanetra. He understands what Kepita is. He understands that Kepita is a dung beetle. But what he does not understand is, is that Europeans, and they study of evolution, they absolutely use dung beetles to understand evolution. So how is it that white people can look at dung beetles and understand evolution? How is it that Charles Darwin can just simply look at the islands and the diversity of animals on it and say, well, natural forces on Earth transform living organisms, but the Nile Valley Africans that date back to 190,000 years, looking at the same thing, can't come up with a process that is just as intelligent. We're going to have to have this conversation, right, because we love each other, and the Amaral Squad absolutely stands on the shoulders of their elders. How do we do this? We need to know. We need to get it in. You started by doing it the same way the elders did it, and the way the elders before they dim it. You put it in scholarship, you write it, you create a book, you teach from it, you educate it, and Excellent. you be able to defend that book. So once you put it into a scholarly approach, you put it into your journals, you put, I don't, I'm not talking about necessarily European journals, but you put it into a journal and you discuss it. And it has to become a proven fact. You have to be able to defend it. You don't just say, we don't know what we're, we're not ready for. Write it down. Put it into a scholarly work. You've seen my work. It's in a scholarly work. It's being taught in a university as well as in the community. You have to be able to do the same thing. You have to teach it. You have to write it. And then you have to defend it. It's not a, a idea that we're not ready for it. If you have some information, put it in the book. Put it out there. Put it professionally. Make it scholarly. 
You don't have to cuss nobody out. You don't. You have to just write it and then defend it. That's one way. That's how all scholars do their work. That's how it's been done in ancient Kemet. In ancient Kemet, we wrote it on the wall so that you can examine it. And I'd like to suggest, if we're going to sit down to come to consensus on certain uh, points in our legacy, I would suggest that all of us need to get into an internal cleansing before we even sit down, because there's so much acidity, there's so much obesity, there's so much toxicity in our very bellies that we ought to check out the Mesuheru on the temple walls, on, on, in the tombs of our ancestors, where we preserved organs in order to teach us something about life. The, the lungs, the small intestines, the liver, the large intestines, all of these things have to be well taken care of. And if we're eating a bunch of garbage, when we sit down, we're going to end up doing what we always do, arguing with each other, because acid has a way of coming out through the mouth in terms of what we say. So we have to become more, what should I say, um, as Supernova said, we have to go to the green. We have to get the green face of a star. We have to cleanse our temples in order for us to sit down and agree. Because right now, the level of acidity, the, the way we are chopping each other up, it's, 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 uh, it gives a cre credence to, to Willie Lynch, even though that was just a story. <laughs> you know. So we really have to clean up. But Marcus Garvey said that before he would give a speech, he would take an enema. People are not aware of that. Now, I know brothers say, we don't want nothing up there. But listen, um, some of us really, there's some of us out on the street there call, calling our brothers and sisters from Africa by some terrible names, calling women by some terrible names. All that to me is just toxicity. And we need to go to uh, Mama Pill. We need to go to Queen of Four, Dr. Sebi, and clean ourselves out. Because we cannot raise ma'at if we are not ma'at within our bellies. Within our, because if you're constipated in the behind, you will definitely be constipated in the mind. So we really got to get our cleansing on. And that's, <laughs> and that's one of the reasons why I'm so happy to see people like Priscilla and Preston, who are my publicists, working in a lot in Brooklyn to make it into a garden, right? Along with so many of your young your brothers who are now actually doing what we used to do in the Nile Valley. Because when you look at this ancient culture, it was created by people with mud between their toes and dirt under their fingernails. Isn't that so, Infundishi? That during the time when we were not doing working in the fields, when the inundation was so great, we it took out all the markers. We went to the higher places, and we worked on the temples. This was not the work of slaves. This was the work of, uh, of yeah, some prisoners of war, but mainly people who were working every day in the fields. They were now free to work on the temples and to do, huh? And it was, as you say, community. That's right. Our brother out in uh, the Temple of Anu, he called it communion. <laughs> we need a commune again. Uh, brother, uh, Unk um, and the squad, you've heard me said many, many times, you must, the answer to your question is you must be instructed and informed by the wisdom of your ancestors. You must be instructed and informed by the wisdom of your ancestors.
every one of the Netarus is a quality and attribute that we through our ancestors have understood to be a part of the personality and the character of the total totality of divinity. I know the system best in the Yoruba tradition, which is the same system. We don't call it Netaru, we call them the Orisha. And I will just take three of them to show you your questions. I use those three all the time because they're phenomenal. I am a son and a priest of Oya. And Oya represents change in process, change of the human spirit and the human character that comes as a result of Shango having come into being in their character, meaning that they've developed a courage, they've developed a strength, a fortitude in character that wants to change itself to a higher, better, greater self. And once that Shango have arrived within the mind of the human being, within the spirit of the human being, that Shango must marry the Oya in the spirit of the human being, the force for change and process because you now accept and realize that I want to change my character for the better. Now Oya must then practice metaphorically polyandry and she must marry Ogun, the god of iron, the god of war, which symbolized transformation as a result of Ra, fire, that caused one to change in themselves to a point that you transform yourself into the higher being that was realized by the aspiration of Shango, having gone through the process of Doneta Oya. And so that's what I call being instructed and being informed by our ancestors. And when it comes to elders, no matter what, you are obligated to submit to the feats of the elders. And if you want to show something different, you do it in the greatest humility possible. Because that thing that's called humility is one of the most powerful netters that our ancestors discerned. And so that's the route. Uh, you just mentioned something, polyandry. This mean a woman having more than one husband? Yes. Right now, this polyandry has been going on here among us who have been brought over here and enslaved that something very curious is happening. Our beloved women have given their souls to a man who is a messiah who doesn't look like them. And I am I'm really worried about that because you give me your body and you say you love me, but you give your soul to someone in your church who don't look like me. And sometimes in your ecstasy, in your passionate ecstasy, you may even call his name. And I know that his name goes with that picture that Michelangelo drew of his cousin. And I'm, I'm really concerned about that. How would we feel, how would you feel, beloved sisters, if we went to church and God, who you worship, did not have a son but a daughter, and that that daughter was shown in the image in which the present son is shown. And we as African men are sitting up there worshiping her and singing hymns to her and giving our souls to her and she don't look like you. Sisters, how would you feel? I think the time has come for us to stop this polygamy. Um, this polyandrous affair with someone who don't look like your husband. And then we take our children to sit up there 
to worship a Messiah who don't look like their daddy. No wonder we are all messed up. No wonder we all seem to have a, a, a little craziness about us because you teach a child the way they should go and when they are old, they will not be, depart from it. And that's exactly what has been happening. I just had to say that on polyandry, brother, because when we talk about polygamy, everybody starts frotting at the mouth. Yes. Meanwhile, you're having a polygamous affair with, um, with um, a polyandric affair with the spirit of the white man. <laughs> now, you see, I wanted to be uh, diplomatic. I appreciate what y'all said, and humility is a very, very powerful weapon. But what I have to say is that the Amaral squad is bringing absolutely nothing brand new to the table when it comes to this subject. And as a matter of fact, right, I just want to refer you to some works that y'all speak of that absolutely teaches evolution. And so we come to the great thinker, right? She can't be Diops. Read his work, Civilization and Barbarism, right? He absolutely talks about evolution. Absolutely. And he also talks about the Egyptians as being an evolutionary civilization. Dr. Ben's work, Africa, Mother of Western Civilization. This is an evolutionary work on evolution. He absolutely talks about all the fossils. And all our ancestors that you all love called Degnesh. I know y'all love Degnesh. Her name in Amharic is uh, marvelous. But Dagnesh is not a uh, homo sapiens sapien. Dagnesh is an orthopithecus. But she's still an African. Come to the work of Echoes of the Darkland. Read chapter one, right? Race and human origin by Charles Fitch, right? Absolutely. Come to the work Man, God, and Civilization by John Jackson. Absolutely. Chapters two and three factors and evidence on evolution, right? Read the great works, the general history of Africa, methodology in African prehistory with Theophile Bang and Shikanti Diop and Walter Robinson. They were superstars here. They absolutely taught evolution. So evolution is really a Nile Valley thing. I say again, Kepita, Dung Beetle, right, is evolution. So at the end of the day, all I'm going to do is, is offer back to you the same books you told me to read. And the Amaral Squad, we already have written documentation, right, on our stands. So I'll be sending each one of y'all books. James, Professor James Smalls, already know I got a packet set up for him, right? I love y'all. I really, really appreciate y'all. But I give back to you what you gave to me. Amaral Squad up. And he said, don't run yet. Don't run yet, Unc. But you ain't going to be able to speak no more. But just listen now. Don't run. 